0: coo <laughs> listening to the coffee hour i'm andy bates thanks to concordia university wisconsin for supporting the coffee hour find out more about concordia university wisconsin at cuw.edu uh, we have a special occasion right around the corner and to celebrate that uh, mark that occasion our friends at concordia seminary here in st louis helping us out joining me today dr paul robinson director of library services and professor of historical theology at concordia seminary dr robinson welcome to the coffee hour
1: thanks and it's good to be here
0: Also joining us today, Dr. James Marriott, Director of Music Arts and the Craft Chair for Music Arts, Dean of Chapel Concordia Seminary in St. Louis. Dr. Marriott, welcome back to the Coffee Hour.
2: AD, it's always great to be with you. Thanks for the invitation. So
0: the uh, very special occasion coming up right around the corner is Bach's birthday. And uh, some of us commemorate it in various ways and will be celebrated at Concordia Seminary this year. Before we get into the celebration and the the special event, revisit who is Bach. Now I know later this year, I believe it's in July, we'll be having our Bach week. Uh, it's coming up this summer where we commemorate, I think his the church commemorates him on the anniversary of his death. So we'll have a whole week dedicated mm-hmm. to Bach like we did last year. It was a lot of fun. But for the listeners who, who might not have caught Bach week last year. Dr. Marriott, can you give us a, a little bit of history about how Bach served the church during his time?
2: Oh, sure. And there's no way to say, you know, <laughs> everything in just a few minutes here. Right. You took a whole week and that wasn't even enough. You know, yeah, Bach's influence cannot be overstated at all. It's just uh, incredible the legacy that he had in his time and also in our, maybe what's not so known about his time is, is that he was not the leading, you know, uh, church musician of his day, even. Uh, He wasn't the most well-respected. He wasn't the most renowned. He was third choice for the position at St. Thomas in Leipzig. And uh, so his career really was, you know, not subdued at all, but not not what we think of him today. I think he'd be amazed if he knew what, what the name Johann Sebastian Bach meant in 2022. But as, as a musician, he was an incredible theologian, and and he he did profound work combining theology and music in a way that sought to make Martin Luther proud and bringing those two disciplines together. And he did that through uh, his cantatas that he wrote, his choral music, and also through his organ music as a cantor at St Thomas. That's where you know his enduring legacy as a church musician was made. And just an incredible opportunity to bring together the musical influences of the day, along with the proclamation of the gospel through music.
0: Now, you shared that in his time, he might not have been regarded in the way that that the the church and, and we regard him today. Uh, tell us more about how box work influenced the church today and and music in the church today
2: sure just from the idea I mean there's maybe a few ways that I would approach this first his music is still sung in our churches today so that that's a huge influence. Uh, his uh, hymn chorale settings are still in our hymnal. His choral music is still uh, sung and used. His organ music is used regularly by church organists. So the fact that his music has a presence in our congregation today is certainly profound. There are not many composers that you can say that of, especially in Lutheran circles. But even that his philosophy of using musical idioms of the day and uh, bringing those into the proclamation of the gospel, his work with his cantatas. You know, I think of present day composer David von Kampen kind of re enlivening this idea of cantata writing, and others have done the same. That is a direct influence of Bach and, and some of the uh, enduring legacy of Bach's cantatas. And Bach wasn't, you know, the only one to write cantatas, but his are the ones that are, are still uh, used and sung even today. So uh, his music still exists and his philosophy for engaging church music still is widely practiced in all of our churches today.
0: So the uh, Bach's birthday coming up March 31st, correct? How will Concordia Seminary be celebrating Bach's 337th birthday this year, Dr. Robinson?
1: Yeah, well, we're very excited about this because we've been thinking about ways now that it appears the pandemic is settling down to get people back in the library and host some more events. And we thought, you know, we have the Bach Bible. We should just start celebrating Bach's birthday every year. So this is the first of what we hope is an annual celebration of it. So we're going to welcome folks into the library for some refreshments and a bit of music by a string quartet, and then a panel discussion that will include a Jim Marriott and some others talking about what Bach means to them. What Bach means today.
0: You mentioned bringing everyone back to the library and enjoying the benefits of the library. Tell us about the particular piece in the library that so relates to this specific event.
1: Right. So the the rationale for this is the Bach Bible, which is shorthand for a Kalov Bible from the 17th century that was owned by Bach. So the Bible was produced by theologian Abraham Kalov. It's Luther's translation of the Bible with notes that Kalov took from Luther and also added some of his own. It's unique in that it has Bach's signature on the front page and about 25 of his own notes scattered throughout the Bible. And so far, this is the only uh, book from Bach's library that's been identified today. So. This is an important thing. Scholars have written about it. And we get people in the library constantly who come just to see the Bach Bible.
0: That's outstanding. How did how did we end up with the Bach Bible at Concordia Seminary in St. Louis?
1: Well, that's, yeah, that's an interesting story in itself. The short version is it was in the possession of a family in Frankenmuth, Michigan. And... They felt that they needed to do something with it other than hold on to it themselves. And they were actually thinking about, you know, sending it on to Leipzig or a place like that associated with Bach. Except that it was the 1930s. And and it was Hitler's rise to power. And, and everybody kind of saw the war clouds on the horizon, and they did not want to send the Bible into that environment, ended up instead donating, donating it to Concordia Seminary. And it's been in the collection ever since. How do you care
0: for such a historic piece like that?
1: Well, it it's really one of about 5,000 historical pieces that we have in special collections. So we have an area dedicated to these works that is climate-controlled and everything to preserve them, and, you know, security in place, especially for some of the more valuable ones like the Bach Bible. Wow. So what will uh, what will we get to see in attendance at
0: the, uh, the special event at the seminary on March 31st?
1: Our, our special collections librarian, Bruce Durazzi, he's going to be on the panel, too, so he can fill in the story there but he's also going to have the bible out for display and we've been in the habit of, of just showing it to whoever wants to come see it so you can come see and possibly actually page through the Bach bible at the birthday celebration wow
0: what a special occasion Dr. Marriott what are you looking forward to most about this special event celebrating Bach's birthday
2: Yeah, in my conversations with the library, just like uh, Paul said, uh, it's just, you know, we have such a treasure with our library and with our campus and inviting people uh, into it to see the Bach Bible, to experience the fellowship and the community of Concordia Seminary, to hear some excellent music and to have discussion about Bach. I mean, it's just a a wonderful way to honor Bach's legacy and uh, the continuing work of the church. And the fact that it, it will intersect, you know, the whole St. Louis community—that's a beautiful thing as well. That we get to invite music lovers who maybe aren't theologically oriented, and to help them that theology was everything to Bach, and to hopefully come to see how theology permeates our campus and what we do and our lives as we live as disciples of Jesus Christ. So I, I look forward to those intersections and to the opportunity to yeah to build that kind of community around this great event. Very
0: good. Dr. Robinson, what do we need to know in order to attend the event? What time is this event taking place on uh, March
1: 31st? It's a great question. First of all, everybody is invited. You know, this is for the campus community and the wider community, obviously the church community of St. Louis. So come on over March 31st, starting at 4.30. As specific details, you can go to the seminary website, csl.edu, Go down to feature events. You'll see it listed there. Click click on that and you'll, you'll get a, a schedule for the entire event. It'll also be posted on the library Facebook page, which is a Christine K. Haas and Memorial Library. You can get there, though, by just searching Concordia Seminary Library if you're interested.
2: I did not know we had a library Facebook page, Paul. That's great. I will have to look that up. That's wonderful. <laughs>
1: It, it's pretty new.
2: <laughs> That's okay. Great. Well, yeah, Andy, thanks for bringing us together so that Paul and I could, could collaborate <laughs> on right? this. This is great. So, yeah, good.
0: Very good. Very good. So coming up on, this is Tuesday. March 31st. Is that right? At uh, 4.30, come to Concordia Seminary in St. Louis. Again, you can find more information at csl.edu. You can find it in the events section there on the homepage. My guests today, Dr. Jim Marriott and Dr. Paul Robinson, thank you so much for being my guests and sharing this great event with us at Concordia Seminary in St. Louis.
2: Yep. Thanks, Andy.
0: You've been listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates.